When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are, another day, another podcast. Episode 24. 24? I'm basing that off of our thumbnail last week said episode 23. (laughs) (laughs) Angel, if you got that wrong, I look stupid. I'm a goofball. How many before we break 1 million subscribers? I'm kidding. (laughs) 1 million podcasts. (laughs) 1 million podcasts. So this week, I just watched this. It's a bummer. Because Mark Zuckerberg went in front of Congress. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about there. Now. I unfortunately did not watch anywhere near the full six hours of testimony. I saw highlights, and those can always be taken out of context. And so I'm going to try my best to characterize accurately what I saw. Mm -hmm. So the first one that I watched was uh, highly distributed from this particular one. Probably the the biggest clip was him and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And she seems to be grilling him in this with regards to the lying policy on Facebook. And she asks him... Can are you going to regulate lying on Facebook? Mm-hmm. And he basically says, well, no, that's not what we're doing. And she says, so, for instance, I could go on and say, uh, okay, I could target zip codes of my opposition. She says, in this case, black zip codes. A Republican could do this in, in her view and give the wrong date of the election and say, hey, uh, you know, everybody show up November 15th or whatever. And he says, no, you couldn't do that because we have policies against voter suppression, uh, calls for violence, et cetera. So she says, oh, you are going to regulate lies. And he says, well, within this particular band. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, OK, what if I what if I went in? Oh, God, what's the other example that she gives? I wish I had it. But she talks about essentially something that she would categorize under spin. Mm. OK, what if I went in? and said that oh this person voted here's what it is that a republican voted for the green new deal could i publicize that whether they did or they didn't that's not on their voting record and he says well that we i don't think people should lie but that at that point we don't want to get involved with and she seems to indicate that that's wrong Mm. that that he should stop lies as if there is a category of things that are 100% 100% objective truths, another category of things that can be spun and which should be allowed. Yeah. And, and Dude, that would give Facebook so much power to control the definition of the, the truth. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. We're gonna, are, are we breaking these guys up for being a monopoly? Or are we handing them the keys to the kingdom? Yeah. Why would, in God's name, would you want them regulating what is true? That seems insane. And I know it's not a great possibility to have untruths spread rampantly 
but it's so much better than having Facebook. Yeah, weirdly enough, Zuckerberg would love that because then <laughs> politics, you know how lobbyists have to give corporations money? Yeah. He gets so much lobbyist money. He's like, listen, I get to define what is true yeah. about every political Facebook ad. It runs through my team yeah. and we go, that's a lie. Lobbyists, you want to take a shot at buying me off? Yeah. Well, I believe her perspective and I'm, uh, it is that there are camps of things that are factually true and false. Sure, of course. And then there's spin. And you're supposed to allow spin but stop factual and truth. Yes. To which I say, okay. Everyone how about... would have a different definition exactly. Let of me give those you... categories. She gave this example. Okay. Okay. What if I put up an ad that says, hey, the election is open. You know, it's, it's say the election is on November 8th. I say it's open November 9th. Uh, Australia AST standard time, yeah, yeah, yeah. which whatever it is, and that's true. <laughs> that is a fact. Except people don't know to look for the AST or yeah. whatever standardized. Super small, and it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, but it effectively is deceptive. Is that spin or is that a lie? Because you can defend that in the literal perspective, and that does exactly what you are fearful it could do. Yeah. So. Please, please don't ask Mark Zuckerberg and his company to be regulating what is true. As awful as it is, I think we're in a scenario where it's people with megaphones shouting and money that makes a bigger megaphone. But you just got to you got to count on truth winning because, God forbid, Mark Zuckerberg and his team are the arbiters of what's true. Yeah. It's crazy. So that was that was the one thing, and I don't know if that was what she was driving at. She never actually has a thesis statement where she says you should. Mm. I'm, I'm reading into it was just a clip. I saw her tone of voice, and it sounded critical of the fact that he was not doing that, mm. and I was blown away, baffled. And then the other thing that you just heard was there's uh, a congresswoman, I'm not sure exactly who, is asking him about the people who work at his company who apparently 15,000 contractors are screening for uh, – disgusting murder just things that they kick off the platform because these violate the violence or yeah, whatever yeah. clause yeah, Fifteen thousand people apparently don't. fifteen thousand contractors wow. isn't that insane that's a lot of people and she describes that you know they only make i think thirty thousand dollars a year and they get nine minutes a day to go cry about this and it's a, it's it's terrible work conditions is basically what she's saying yeah, yeah. uh would do you do eight hours a day for five days a week i they're contractors so maybe maybe not i don't know uh I'm sure that it's not a full characterization of oh, just, okay. yeah, of, just of what it is. In any event, she asked him, would you be willing to spend an hour a day for the next year doing this job? And he says, uh, I don't think that would be a good use of my time. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, are you saying you're not qualified? He goes, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying I'm Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> and I'm trying to run this trillion-dollar company. And again, it's just... I think there's some I've seen this with Mark Zuckerberg. It's he gets so much flack. Dude, I, I wanted to bring this up. So yeah. this this committee, some parts of it, it seemed like it was you said Republican people or Democratic people it's who people thought they were sides. playing the other side. So here's what happens as I, from what I saw. Everybody has a different grievance, which they bring yeah. in there. And some of them who like Zuckerberg probably just say nice things to him and throw him softballs. Yeah. Some of them talk about cryptocurrency. And some of the questions that I saw were important questions to me about, okay, if Facebook has a cryptocurrency, what does this mean? How should we regulate this? Wait a second. You don't want to be treated as a bank. Explain to me why you shouldn't be treated as a bank with the regulations that we impose on banks who are issuing currency, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess there's only one bank that issues currency, but... And th then there's some that are just 
there to yell at him, but they scold him. Yeah. It seems like. Well, so everybody's got I their own agenda. Yeah. I think Zuckerberg just suffers brutally because people don't like him. I agree. Uh, his lack of charisma really hurts him because I saw there was complaints from Republicans that his company is very Democrat. It leans very liberal. That's yeah. It's a tech company. So the Republicans were very upset about that. Then I think he was having conversations with Republicans. That was a question that was in here. Just to talk to the other side. To, so he wasn't such a echo chamber. Yeah. And then the Democrats were complaining because he was talking to Republicans. I don't think there was a complaint above that. I mean, I looked into it a little bit. So it it just in, seemed like. I think it was I think it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Don't quote me because I just watched some of the clips who asks him, uh, you know, when you sat down with these. It might have been in someone else. When you sat down with these people, did you discuss the, the bias? Did you just like and it, it the tone that it was asked in was these are your pals. You're, yeah. in, you're in cahoots with these and they're all right. Yeah. Types. No, he can just do right he types. can do no right. When you I actually Googled Mark Zuckerberg google news tim because i was trying to figure out what these republican meetings were yeah but i struggled to find it because there were so many other articles about other issues about other things people hate about him mm -hmm. and I, I think back to steve jobs who had literal factory workers committing <laughs> suicide every day i don't know if it was every day gotta gotta okay hold the phone on that one and no one cared yeah. everyone's just like steve jobs is genius and jeff bezos i think it was where he if he emails you a question mark you're basically about to get mm -hmm. fired right <laughs> If you again, gets, somebody said if sometime. he gets CC'd on an email mm -hmm. and you get a question mark back from him, it's start to panic. Like it doesn't seem like a stress-free fun environment. Well, what I've heard but about Amazon from the people that work Zuckerberg. there, yeah, uh, Amazon has a lot of. Uh, I have family member that works there. I have friend. They grind hard, yeah. and it is a grindy culture. So, but nobody, nobody really cares. Yeah. Honestly, Jeff Bezos's divorce even didn't really seem that slanderous. It was just, they're mostly just talking about his. Uh, the amount that he should pay his wife. Yes. But no one seemed to be like, oh my God, I'm going to stop using Amazon because the founder is a... Uh, Philanderer. Philanderer, yeah, yeah. is, is adultering. Mm -hmm. if, if Mark Zuckerberg got caught cheating, <laughs> the world would explode yeah. with hate for him. You know what I mean? Like the dude just seems like people hate him. Yeah, I agree. It's... I mean, we made the, the thumbnail of the video we have is why Zuck seems evil. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not that... I don't think he is. And that was kind of the point that I made is I ultimately don't know but it does highlight the importance of charisma. Well, clearly it's a movie, but Iron I think of the Iron Man 2 Congress scene where like it's a movie. It's it's scripted, but there you could imagine a world at least where somebody came in with panache and zingers and one-upped and Sure Trump would get in there and well, people would also be gunning for his head today, but it's just not him. Yeah. And he is not that guy and he just gets piled on by yeah. everybody and is despised it's he's somebody that i think would benefit from a little bit more training in this area tremendously so so those were a couple of things but the the implication about the one where you know these workers are in such terrible spaces and you know why don't you do it is the thing that i don't like about these hearings is that everything about it as i guess it needs to be is asymmetrical they're all elevated you know they're surrounding him as he faces them and the same question could be asked of this congressman, yeah. which is like, look, there's someone who there's someone in your district who is a trash man. That's a government employee of which you are at the very top of this hierarchy. Yeah. Would you be willing to spend one hour a day picking up trash with the garbage men for a year? Would you be OK? There's someone in your office who opens mail. You know, would you do that for an hour a day? It's such a the there's no instinct to self-reflectively ask the question because of the asymmetry. Sure in that because he can't say anything to you well and <laughs> yeah he's not the kind of guy that's gonna fire back with that yeah you know someone would someone would say 
with all due respect, would you mm -hmm. work in your mailroom for an hour or would you, whatever it is, you know, someone would say it, but it's not Zuckerberg. Well, what they do is they, they do silence pretty quick. Uh, this is my time. You know, they, yeah. the asymmetry of the scenario creates that. And I think it's, it's unfortunate because listen, clearly I'm not saying Mark Zuckerberg's a perfect guy. I'm not saying we want to have Facebook with a currency or anything like that, but there's there's abuses going on on both sides of this room, and it would yeah. be really interesting if the questions that you had for him were act were asked with such earnestness of yourselves, <laughs> right? Why why wouldn't the owner of an organization spend an hour a day on the front line? Should the owner of that's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's an obvious immediate answer. I can see arguments for both sides, but like to not ask yourself the same yeah, should question. Every CEO do it. Should yes. Every manager do it. Because if not, why should one, this one guy do it? Yes. Yes. Uh, and again, it just seems, I, I guess there's political points to be scored. If you can, if, if your district has a feeling about Mark Zuckerberg yeah, yeah. and you can get a couple That'd of. That'd be an interesting rule. If every person just had to do the worst job of the people they manage for an hour a week. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty fascinating. And I'm not convinced it's a terrible no, idea. No, no, no. I'm not either. Yeah. You just can't make just Mark Zuckerberg do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to make everyone do it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an hour a week. It was an hour a day, which is... Oh, geez. I think this would hurt the company at, at some That would level. hurt every company, yeah. So I, I unfortunately didn't get to watch the whole thing. I'm sure there's more to it, but just an interesting setup whereby he goes and... Uh, kneels before and yeah, kiss, kiss, the ring. kiss the ring kiss the ring yeah and is chastised and 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 has his head just to be by clear it's people. not the wrong call if that were me mm -hmm. i would not be going oh how do i get on the highlight reel with some zingers i'd be like all right what do i have to do to get out of here get what i need for my company yeah. and escape well, you know, <laughs> from this from this uh i don't even know what to call it inquisition yeah. type situation well, i might just go kiss the ring too bill gates said they asked him in this documentary that i saw about the first time that microsoft was uh, whatever, pulled in front for monopoly practices. Yeah. And he said, these were eight-hour days where I was grilled, but there were moments where I was, I got terse and I was short with them and borderline rude. And this was at the very beginning of these, they were recorded depositions, mm -hmm. but never before had they taken two minutes and clipped everything and put all of my most terse, rude moments together. Yeah, he said he had to do three eight-hour days, right? It's, something they, like they three days of stuff. A 15-minute video of him few... just being a dick. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there was another 23 <laughs> hours and 45 minutes. Well, I responded. I was really supplicative. Yeah. Like, this was not the whole tone. And everyone's just like, boo, Bill Gates. Well, and he said that tone had a huge... One, and then pursuing the case further. Yeah. And then they actually lost the first one. They had to fight it, and then he stepped down. It, it was arguably the reason that Bill Gates left Microsoft and started the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Interesting. was because of these type of experiences and that it just consumed his life for a while. So, yeah, I think from Mark's perspective, the fact that he looks like a whipping boy for, you know. It's not the wrong call. It's not necessarily. It's, it's not. I'm saying I might do the same. Yeah. I might just go, okay. He you might can, he might be uh, smarter than me. I because yeah. <laughs> I would get I'd fire back, man. I don't think it, I would. It I would be it'd be too hard for me to, to log sit there. away, ma'am. Yeah. How's summer doing over here? He's fine. I don't know if people can hear her jingling, but she's having a good time. We got happy sit on the couch. Yeah. Should I bring her up for the yeah. audience? Say hello. She's gotten bigger, everyone. Look at this little terror. <laughs> Hi, girl. She's 13 pounds now. You want to say something to the audience? Yeah. <laughs> Very good, girl. You're our first guest. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for that. <laughs> so the That's other th- the jingling. <laughs> the other thing that I that I saw this week again, I'm sure you didn't see it, was <laughs> a YouTube Shane Dawson Jeffrey Star. Oh, interesting. Thing. I saw a different YouTube thing, but not this. So, sh- do you know who Jeffrey Star is? Yeah, yeah, of course. So Shane Dawson it made conspiracy videos a lot of, and he's got. I made a video on him. He is a powerful storyteller in the in the medium of video i the yeah. music the tone the, <gasps> the, yeah, yeah. the gas he's also become <laughs> one of those people that gets more views than most mainstream tv yes there's like a list of youtubers and it's growing which is incredible to me where you can put on a major tv show and shane dawson gets more views 20 per episode. million views an episode yeah it's incredible and that's not to mention social engagement all these other things so i, I I, Sorry, go ahead. I didn't watch the whole thing. Jeffrey Star, another guy, you know, big, big in the beauty community, mm-hmm. uh, has makeup, is worth millions and millions of dollars. And I watched just one episode that was titled The $20 Million Deal or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's fascinating because if you zoom out what this is, and they make no bones about it, they're on call documenting the release of Shane Dawson's new makeup line. And this entire series is, you know, it's about friendship, but it's like, here's what they do in this episode. They start choosing Shane's logo. He doesn't like the first logo. Very dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they go around. They check out some of the palettes. They they name some of the palettes. They look at them. They, they show them all on screen with the— So it's a 20 million-view advertisement. 20 million views of advertising with no—and I don't mean that there should be—no shame. He's on the call talking to these people, and Jeffrey's like, listen, you got to get your worth. you got to get your money from these people. And he's on the phone with them. This one company is negotiating an exclusive deal. Hmm. And he says, look, if we're going to do exclusive, we're documenting this whole thing. We're going to show this call. This is going to move units. This is, this is big. And as a viewer, I'm sitting there going, wait a second. You're, here I am seeing how the sausage is made. You're telling these people that you're going to make money selling me the content that I'm watching yeah. right now when I buy your thing when and it drops. Shane, and by the way, I, again, I would do something similar, probably not as well, but Shane yeah. is the master of knowing what his viewers' emotional reaction will be to what he's showing. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just a random documentary. This was a cultivated to sell you this mm-hmm. makeup documentary about the makeup. Sure. And, and what I think is impressive is he's not, it's not underhanded. At all. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. what you have to give it extreme credit for is I don't know how much more flagrantly honest it could be about the fact that this is— How long was it? To, it so it's mo- several episodes, all of which are approximately an hour. So um, it's like a three-hour commercial. No, no, no. It's more than three. It's going to wind up— It comes out on November 1st is when it drops. But Incredible. They, yeah, it's it's a multi-week running pre-sell of his thing. And I'm always impressed by people like that. Like Aaron Moreno, <laughs> yeah, he Aaron sells Moreno. so hard in his videos, yeah. his Alpha M videos, and his audience is just cool with it. It's a meme. It's a meme. Yeah. Like it's totally, it's it's a brilliant. He's just made it something people look forward to. Yeah, is him selling them stuff. Yeah. So no, no shade. I was just shocked, and I think this is the future. And I, I talked about this in the Logan Paul video where the content becomes the advertisement, mm-hmm. and there's. It's it's different than Transformers. Transformers came out and it was all product placement, mm-hmm. but ostensibly there was a story of Decepticons mm-hmm. and and whatever the opposite. Oh yeah, Logan Paul's <laughs> videos sometimes the plot is the merchandise. It's the merchandise, yeah. and and in these videos the plot is making the sale and and selling yeah. the makeup. Uh, and I was just I just sat there with slack slack jawed, yeah. just completely blown away of. 
I, I'm not even trying to add a, a value judgment, though I, I guess I do have one when I think of the, the consumerist nature of, of makeup yeah. generally. But holding that to the side, that people are can be made so eager to watch what essentially amounts to an advertisement to make them crave a product, which, again, to be fair, when they get, will be the most stoked thing ever yeah. it's going to be incredible <laughs> you know they're going to be so happy when that when that palette comes in the mail so i i was just blown away by by it yeah this is no not- it's great and they're, they're all really smart people that's i think that's the interesting thing is people will have criticisms about all these people logan paul shane dawson mm-hmm. jeffree star i don't know all the criticisms some of them are probably fair but People will say things like, oh, these guys are idiots. The only reason they're successful is because their audience is idiots. Mm-hmm. People are really smart. They're yeah. smarter than us. They're savvy business people, and that's why they're so successful. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I, smart is smart is a, a very broad word, but what I would say is when it comes to content creation, there is no one better out there. And, and, and I don't just mean Shane. I mean, Logan is, Logan is brilliant. And yeah. if you can't recognize that from the results that he's gotten, like it's they they create things and it's not just for dumb teenagers yeah yeah yeah. it kind of reminds me of like saying that sean marion is a bad shooter he's <laughs> a basketball player yeah, yeah yeah and it, he he has a very funny shot yeah and if you just watched his shot you're like this guy's a scrub but he was an nba all-star and to me it's like you can say that certain things these people say are dumb or you can say you would disagree with certain things but when you look at the ball go in the hoop yeah over and over and over and over and over to me, I have to go, yeah, these guys are smart. They're smart at something. They're smart marketers. They're yeah. smart business people. How else could they be self-made millionaires? <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's freaking out. <laughs> Do you want to grab her? Yeah. We're going to go to bed. There we go. All right. We're trying a new tactic to, to calm down Summer. It's called the bone in hand. Bone in hand. <laughs> we'll see how this works. I predict 35 seconds. And What's then... funny is if I take her on an airplane, she'll sleep for 14 hours. Yeah. She just has certain areas. It's like our house with you guys around. And you two, she loves you and she loves Angel. You yeah. guys hype her up. The uh, I can't I can't take my dog on an airplane. I'm too afraid. Because he howls? He's, he's technically, yeah. I got him the service dog designation, which is you just fill out a form and yeah. you put on a vest and he's a service dog now. A support dog. Right? Emotional support. Not, yeah, very yeah, different. Sorry, very, very different. different. Sorry, very different. Not a service dog. Service dog Emotional support. Training. But uh, I just want to make sure that he doesn't emotionally support me to lose my mind. On yeah. <laughs> no, it's so weird. I, I'm lucky, I guess. She'll sit on my lap. We did a flight. It was 14 hours door to door. It was a uh, car ride to the airport. Got to the airport early. Flew to Charlotte. Uh, layover. Fly to Norfolk, Virginia. Two-hour car ride. And she just sits in my lap the whole time. But then on this podcast... She gets too, so lit. Too lit, man. It's too interesting. She loves it, dude. She's, as soon as we started talking about Zuck, she was just, she just like, gets fired up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> so the other thing that I have, other than you know Shane and Mark, is Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. I watched an interview, but also there's a documentary coming out on Jordan Peterson, oh, interesting. which is interesting. They started filming because of some random thing back in like 2016. Oh. And happened to be there when he got famous for everything. Wow! So there were cameras. That's awesome. There were documenting cameras on him behind the scenes of a lot of this stuff, and it's called Rise. And I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it'll be 
uh, engaging. There apparently there's theaters, and you, you never know how common this is. It just could be one person that are getting threats, and some are not planning on showing it because yeah. fascism isn't welcome well, in so and so town. Most or, m- m- small documentaries don't get shown in theaters anyway. It doesn't need to be. Is the truth? Just, yeah. just release this to stream. I don't know why you think you need to screen this. So yeah, yeah. Much. People, no, you don't need to show up to buy it. But I also watched another interview with him, which I believe was filmed a while ago. Uh, he did not look well in mm-hmm. the interview i think it was because his wife has Terminal had cancer. Uh, cancer at the time of the filming i could be wrong oh did she recover no so what she had was a diagnosis that was terminal and surprisingly did it wound up they're saying oh no she's gonna recover wow so then he was on medications for anxiety yeah, yeah, of course that's then, devastating yeah and now he's in rehab for that but i believe this was filmed prior to mm. all of this but it was interesting he talks about uh he talks about uh, social media getting to him, which which was uh, interesting. Yeah, and I, no one's immune. Yeah, and I was like, wow, here is a man who did not grow up with social media. This mm-hmm. is this is not in his DNA. Uh, who, by his own account, which I believe, he says, whenever I've never had a negative interaction with a person. Mm-hmm. I've had negative interactions. I mean, I count them. Like, as I've had journalist interactions have gone negatively, and online interactions have gone negatively. Well, and student protests where people scream at Sure, them. and student protests. But in terms of people approaching me, yeah, yeah. Even, even if it was a journalist by trade, it's always been positive. But uh, yeah, he seemed he seemed deeply, at least in this moment, affected yeah. by the, the Twitter storm that they can be whipped up. And I was like, wow, that's, that is fascinating. I wonder who, if anyone, because I imagine that the Dan Bilzerians of the world have, have achieved a state of... I don't think so. I think, no? I think it bothers Dan sometimes. You do? Yeah, I do. Because he gets like chicken-like stuff, right? He gets people teases calves, people teases... Oh, people hate on him. People yeah. think he's the worst person on the planet. Someone is sending him death threats. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that some of it is, is irritating, gets to him. I wonder. I... I because he is so out there. He seems to have adjusted none to it. Maybe he doesn't read the comments because there's too many to come in. And yeah. I, I've only seen a handful of interviews with him. But he seems relatively unaffected yeah, yeah. by it. I wonder if there's... I'd be curious if there's a, a temperament that makes one more or less likely to, to handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought... My thesis was, oh, if somebody's older and they've gone through their formative years without this, they can see this for the addendum to life that it is and not the core of life if this isn't your entire junior high social circle you'll survive it i was like oh wow this is a guy that no people aren't used to getting this much hate yeah yeah and it's still and by people i just mean humans evolution wise we're just not ready for this there were never a thousand people to hate you yeah (laughs) there was only a handful and so when there are a thousand you're like oh my god yeah (laughs) i must have pissed off my tribe and the neighboring tribe i'm gonna die my life is ending (laughs) so i thought that was interesting let me see if there's anything else that i brought to us this week i got a couple things well yeah hit me okay so random news i have no take on this i just thought you'd think it was interesting or funny the power of greed apple's lawyer who was in charge of preventing and policing insider trading was found insider trading Mm. Apple stock, Mm. which is just fascinating because money will corrupt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my only takeaway is this dude's entire job was to not have insider trading and he got fired and now is having charges pressed on him for insider trading. Do you know if he worked at Apple? Yeah, he did. He was was an Apple guy. Yeah. Well, I think I would be curious. I do think that corruption and law breaking and infractions are predictable mm-hmm. and 
if that happens, what is it? You don't go, oh, bad apple. You go, okay, probably we have a system that is somehow incentivizing, not double checking, you know, creating yeah, yeah. this sort of environment with more than just this guy. And this would be the tip of the iceberg. Uh, so I don't know any of the rules around how this stuff is policed, but whenever you have the person who is doing the reporting being like the person who's checking the reporting yeah, yeah, yeah. in a business if the person who's counting the money is also handling the money bars know not to do this you yeah. don't let your bartenders do all the accounting yeah, because yeah. all of a sudden Dude, the manager at our favorite smoothie place was yeah. apparently stealing and embezzling tons of money every day we went in every day you talk basketball super nice with him, super nice dude just robbed this place blind every day yeah and was what was his scheme and it was the same sort of thing he had the books yeah and he, he was in charge of he was in charge at the end of the day of making sure the cash in the register matched the receipts. Yep. But there was a weird thing with the online receipts where they had to be transcribed to the physical receipts. Yep. And so he just knew, well, if I just say this person got extra berries or whatever, yep. then they're not going to check the berry inventory because sometimes berries go bad and I'll just take the difference. I'll take the dollar. Yep. And I think it probably started small, but they said, yeah, by the end, it was every, it was just like $30, $50 every single day. No, it was, was more than that. The they books. said he was like doubling his hourly wage, essentially. Yeah um with okay here's a dollar 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 you know okay, okay i'm making now 25 30 bucks an hour instead of 15 or yeah. whatever uh and yeah fascinating man that that where else did that happen oh, we had a friend in high school who worked at mcdonald's same exact scheme yeah would take coupons or like and say that someone gave a coupon or something i don't know all the logistics but when you have the person handling the money doing the accounting that is a system that is going to break yeah uh, and so I'm sure that there's these type of things in the financial world, which is, look, when you give this guy two rolls and he wears two hats, he's going to embezzle or yeah. steal or do something like that. So it just reminded me of that meme, you know, the one where it's like, you had one job, not to do that. Well, what it makes me think is, okay, I wonder what structural changes need to be made. Yeah, yeah. It's possible that you just have one. Are you saying the fact that we have a guy who pays himself from our accounts is a bad idea? Well, we do have a guy who runs who runs it. Yeah, we yep. have a tremendous and I here's here's I break this rule. I have a tremendous amount of faith in you. Like I've I've Yeah, it's awesome. You never look at our bank accounts. No, I would never advise someone to run a business yeah. the way that I do. I just tell you what you're gonna make each yeah. month. You go, Okay. Yeah. No no double checking, you run the money and the distributions. Yeah. And we have someone else who who pays our team. Now I guess the system that you would say that I have set up is I have seen you be honest to your own detriment mm -hmm. in a number of areas of your own life. Uh, not exactly this amount of money, <laughs> but like I've yeah. seen you tell people hard truths. I've seen this person do the same thing. I've seen this person uh, dock his own pay. I've seen this person admit to, to, to things that were not worth it for him. So my system is, okay, once you've entered a, a circle where, where I feel I can trust you because I have seen you do the right, honest thing at your own expense. Yeah. Then I gave you greater leeway. Uh, maybe we'll see how that works. I'll let you guys, <laughs> podcast viewers, know in a couple of years. Guys, Ben was embezzling. The business so was much. stolen right off. Well, you, you know me well enough to know I'd actually, I'd rather have our friendship than have more money. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what it, you're banking on. It'd be on. a long con for you. Yeah. It started when we were 15 years old in Spanish class. It'd be a very went, long con. This guy is going to be a famous YouTuber one day. Yes. And you went, what's YouTube? It's not invented yet. And I went, yeah, yeah, just wait. This is when I skipped wait. your bar mitzvah. You're like, that, that guy. mother. <laughs> I will befriend him for decades and then screw him. I was supposed to get a check for a multiple of 18. For $18. <laughs> or 36. <laughs> 
So yeah, you were an eighteen dollar friend back then, though. Let's be honest. No, I was a thirty six dollar friend at bar mitzvahs. Really? Man, I what splurged. Was, what was I thinking? I did invite you. There were some fifty four dollar friends even back in the day. Jeez, did you never? Do you never had a fifty four dollar friend? I don't know. My mom was writing the checks. I was twelve. Uh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, for regular friends, I was a twenty dollar friend. Uh, but then bar mitzvahs is it's a genius. It's a genius thing. It's like, well, you could give eighteen or thirty six. Oh, most people <laughs> give eighteen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I bet you. The amount made back on the few 36s that come in is, oh, sure. worth, is worth the ding. Yeah, yeah. It makes up for nine people yep, giving 18. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's genius. Quick math. Quick, quick math. So what else you got? Yeah, the Hong Kong thing. Did you see the update? Hong, uh, Kong, Hong Kong extradition bill got withdrawn. Really? Yep. So they're saying don't get too excited because it'll probably just try to get snuck into a bill in three months. Mm-hmm. But at first, I thought this was a big win. I was like, oh, wow, they, they did it. This is what the protests were about. Except because the protests have been going so poorly... They, Hong Kong protesters have said they have five demands and they won't stop protesting until all five are met. Yeah. The first was to withdraw the extradition bill, but they also want everyone who's in prison for protesting to be released uh. and pol- and an independent investigation on police brutality because police they say pr- police officers were beating people. Yeah. And so it's interesting because this bill got suggested, protests ensued to say the bill has to be removed. The bill is removed, but the protests at this point cannot stop because there's been so much injury jail time etc mm-hmm. because of the protests and they don't want to have they don't want to leave anyone behind basically mm-hmm. and so yeah i don't know how it's going to end because now there's i know how it's going to end china's going to get everything they want i mean come on when you have when in you 26 have, years within 26 years let's put sure. it that way i would bet in a shorter time frame than that sure when you have an unstoppable force and this is not an immovable rock this is yeah, a, yeah. this is a loosely organized group of protesters the unstoppable force will sure. win I just thought we yeah. should cap off. We've talked about Hong Kong so yeah. much. I thought we should just cap off. The bill was withdrawn, but the protests will continue. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, I can – man, once once the first – and I know they're not saying there was a handful of shots, but metaphorical shot is fired to un, – you can't unbreak the the vase. Sure. It's – oh, okay. We will – well, guess what? There's collateral that has occurred. And on both sides, I'm sure. I'm sure there's injured police officers. I'm oh, sure no, doubt. Injured, like, no doubt. No doubt. I saw a guy get – jumping reverse head kick yeah it's some bad stuff some cop was pepper spraying someone and someone just jumps from like a roof basically and just i wonder movie i don't style kicks the cop in the head yeah are the cops are the cops are the cops from hong kong bleep that <laughs> you got it are the cops <laughs> from hong kong it's because i'm trying to say cop in hong kong and there's something are the cops from hong kong or china yeah or mainland yeah i don't know because it would be i guess it's always a shame but even more of a shame if these are you're all from Hong Kong, guys. I think it's Hong Kong. Yeah, that would be even. That'd be even but the more government's shit. very confused because there's some Hong Kong pro-independent people, but the government has a lot of pro. Let's get absorbed to mainland China people because of the way the voting's been set up. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I saw that the bill got withdrawn. I said, "Wow, they won!" And then I read it. I was like, "Ooh, this is not so good." We're in like the third inning now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I That's think I, I think I know how the game will end, but we'll we'll see what unfolds. Yeah uh interesting what else and then you had one more thing yeah man so this is some personal <laughs> i have a fan question i'm a fan so i have a fan question <laughs> i have a fan question so yeah i've been seeing this woman for a little over a year very casually you know not exclusive we hang out like maybe once a week and the reason that it's been so casual is because we both agree we're not good long-term partners for each other so we like each other we enjoy hanging out let's hang out for fun but this isn't going to head towards boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage because it's not a good long-term fit for what you, we and, want. Well, you, to be 
you don't really want boyfriend girlfriend marriage kids correct and she would like and boyfriend she, girlfriend to marriage to children yeah yeah well yeah. If she if she felt the same way i do it and wasn't necessarily interested in that stuff then we it, just sure it would be a different math right but so that unfortunately didn't work we both developed very strong feelings for each other yeah and now potentially might have to stop seeing each other so she can pursue that longer term thing that she wants but it's a lot harder than either of us anticipated mm -hmm. and it reminds me of a lot of other relationships that i've seen where when you first meet someone right the first week or first month you tend to be spending time with them because you just because of the enjoyment of that time right there's no real emotional hook or codependence or addiction yeah. right so you're not like oh i want to see this person because if i don't i'm going to feel a lack mm -hmm. i'm going to feel nauseous or something you're just like oh i want to see this person because they make me laugh or we have good chemistry but I see this in a lot of my friends' relationships. I see that in my past relationships. At some point, romantic relationships in particular seem to switch to this idea of, oh, being without this person would be pain. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'd rather hang out with this person for the fifth night in a row than my friends because it'll be really fun. Some couples are like that. Mm -hmm. But it's this sense of like, oh, I, I wish I could spend my time differently, but I don't want to break up or risk breaking up or whatever it is. Or I don't want to be with this person. I don't want to date them. But the idea of breaking up with them creates extreme emotional pain in me. And I, and I so think a lot of that isn't conscious because you're like, oh, yes. I'd rather spend my time differently. I don't think people even think that. I, I think it's all of the I'd like to do something else is deep, deep, deep unconscious because what is so present is, oh, man, it is not fun to not be with them and to worry what could happen. But go sure. ahead. And so, no, my question is, how do you make your romantic relationships more pure? Mm -hmm. How do you make them more based on the carrot of seeing the person, the pleasure of their company? And how do you try to prevent this sense of, oh, now my fear with us breaking up isn't that I'll not have the pleasure of their company. It's that I get nauseous mm -hmm. thinking about their absence because I'm basically an addict in the same way that if you take away heroin yeah. from someone, they have physical symptoms, right? The nausea, amnesia, or sorry, not amnesia, uh, insomnia, yeah. the lack of appetite. Like these are not symptoms that you get when you're told you can't play basketball. Unless you're addicted to basketball. Unless you're addicted, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it seems to indicate to me that this relationship, and I see this in almost all relationships, has gone beyond just something that's good for you mm -hmm. to something that you are addicted to. And I just don't know. How do you prevent that? Well, you said it, man. I think I'm a big believer that addiction is so much more prevalent than people will ever admit. I, I believe that addiction runs nearly everyone's life, including my own still, and I'm trying to free myself from my various addictions. But to to talk about this i just want to emphasize what you said which is that there are some things in the world that you could you know maybe for you not drinking for three months you wouldn't blink <laughs> it, you wouldn't worry about it you wouldn't worry about what you're missing out on and maybe you still elect to drink once a week you have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever uh but the pain of not drinking is not strong yeah. and then there's someone else who thinks about not drinking and they go, well, I could, but oh man, like yeah. that would be so bad. <laughs> no, same for me. I love surfing. I love yeah. it enough to spend hours driving to the right surf spot. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you said, oh, you can't surf for a year, I wouldn't have insomnia that night mm -hmm. and I wouldn't feel nauseous when you told me. Yeah. So that's an indication to me of like a pure desire to do something. So do you and have it, withdrawal symptoms when, when it's taken from you is a great question of, is this an addictive tendency? Yeah. And those symptoms would be, I think, nausea, Lack of appetite, losing sleep. Generalized anxiety about anxiety, that thing. Yeah. What am I going to do without this? Uh, and if you think about that, this this applies to everything from relationships to food for some people. Relationships for everybody. And I think the biggest one is thought. 
if you think what it is like to sit down and meditate and try to allow thoughts to go away, what rises other than withdrawal symptoms, mm. <laughs> anxiety, all these dis, uh, I got to move, like need, need to get back into the world of thought. Uh, so how do you deal with that addiction? I think there's two ways to handle addictions and to keep relationships pure. One is to move up what I call the addiction ladder. And if you wanted to say at the bottom of the ladder are addictions that are positively life destroying. So like heroin mm. will just rip you apart. Yeah. And but say instead of heroin, you start smoking. It's, it's a step in the it's right direction. Upgrade. It's an upgrade. <laughs> you know? if you can replace your heroin addiction. Sure. And it's stop. Okay. Instead of smoking, you start whatever sucking your thumb or yeah, eating, yeah. eating oh, too huge much food. Win. Heroin right? addict to thumb sucker. Uh, yeah. Big win. <laughs> right. And at some point, people stop i think most people stop on the ladder at relationships they just get into a codependent relationship and yep. they go this is life this is what it is yeah uh what i don't know what is better than a relationship i've recently posited video games <laughs> are a better I addiction think this one depends on the person video this game addiction has ruined lives yes but yes. some people can play it healthily so for me i actually went i went both ways i had the video game addiction and i was like forget this i'm gonna break i snapped my starcraft 2 in half yeah. after a eight hour binge session yeah, and now i'm gonna focus on charisma and relationships and relationships yeah and then i got addicted to my relationships i went yeah. okay i'm back to video games yeah. <laughs> uh so you can move up the addiction ladder is one way and then i think the ultimate thing is to figure out what is the seed of all addictions and it's that you uh, you can view it from a number of different angles you're not present you're not giving yourself the love that is coming from the relationship whatever mm -hmm. this thing drugs food relationship video games is distracting you from you haven't leaned into and faced yeah yeah this is this is random angel did you feel this way with your breakup did you have any lack of appetite or insomnia or nausea or anything like that yeah, I did. And it was actually a while ago. And I still have trouble sometimes with um, sort of feeling like getting back to normal because it does feel like a sort of cold turkey cut off an addiction. Mm -hmm. So, that, yeah, the reason I asked is because I think it's really common in relationships. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is, you know, some small part of the population is addicted to something. I, I, I see it in my friends, my past relationships, this current relationship that I'm potentially ending and everyone else I ask. They go, yeah, that's what a breakup is. A breakup is horrible drug withdrawal where you can't sleep and you tr and then you quickly try to replace it with like eating ice cream or yeah. having sex with a bunch of random people or yeah. some some you're like oh like yeah you don't replace a healthy habit aggressively with other bad habits yeah 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 and so my question to you is it's so prevalent i see it as this very very common thing that everybody seems to be suffering from is this relationship addiction or codependence and i guess one why does that happen so frequently in romantic relationships mm -hmm. and then two what can people do so that their relationship what could can, my friend do? <laughs> so no, it's, it's, well, I see this. I know what I'm. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm screwed. Yeah, it's too late for me. It's true. I'm already addicted. My question is more for other the people. next time, yeah. or for other, yeah, for everyone. You know, I tried to prevent this. I actually knew this was coming from my last relationship, mm -hmm. and still here I am. So yeah, it seems like it's so prevalent. And I was curious if you have advice. Well, I mean, I, I can work through it with you. I think treating it as, as an addiction gives some insight into. Okay, so let's pretend this is alcohol, mm -hmm. and you're and you're like. Oh wow, I'm addicted to alcohol. You're like I've been drinking rum every night. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. St like rum is gone. What do you think about me going out tomorrow night with vodka? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like well, <laughs> it's gonna stop the symptoms. That's my go-to relationship move. <laughs> I'm gonna go get. Hold on, I'm, I've been a whiskey addict for three years. <laughs> I'm gonna try multiple different types of alcohol. Yes. and see which one's not addicting. Oh, you, you know, and you can do. To be clear, All you can do them. beer. And yeah. you can't drink beer as quickly as you can drink rum. And, like, you might see an improvement because you just physically can't stomach as much beer. Yeah. And, okay, that is that is uh, one 
one beginner way to handle it. Is that going to solve the problem in any sort of long-term way? Absolutely not. Will yeah. it alleviate immediate symptoms? 100%. I kind of think that's what I'm going through sure. now is like I, for my last relationship, I was like, oh, well, the best way to get rid of this relationship pain is just to date until I find someone I like. And then I did. I was like, oh, cool. I fixed that problem. Yeah. And so I feel like it's almost this backlog yeah. of heartache is well, what you're I'm like, going to well, have to experience. Tequila is not good for me. Well, that rum also. Yeah. I haven't tried vodka. <laughs> yeah. And now I've tried vodka and I'm like, oh, if I stop now, I'm going to go through a withdrawal for vodka, but maybe also for gin and rum. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think alcohol again. Okay. So what would you, you will, first off, you would have to stop hanging out with your friends that went to the bar all the time. Hmm. You can't, you can't do that. So, uh, when Henry's downstairs on hinge swiping, it provide you don't want to get off of this, but for someone who did want to get off of this, yeah, it would be okay. Stop hanging out with friends that treat relationships and relationship addiction. Like it's something cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, you doesn't mean you have to stop hanging. And quite frankly, you wouldn't want to hang out with your casual drinking friends either who can handle it. Mm -hmm. So as someone that is not trying to get away from relationships, you want to go to a monastery. You want to hang out with people that are shooing relationships for a while. Because otherwise you're just going to be, oh, God, look how happy they are. Yeah. He's swiping and he's going on dates. So that would be one thing. The second is you could try the 12-step program. And I think part of what is important in that is uh, it helps you dig out the roots of what drives you. And a lot of it for alcoholics they find is – people that have hurt them or they've been hurt in the past and is coming to terms and forgiving and making amends is a huge part. The other thing that they say is uh, stepping into a view of life that has some sort of a higher power. I'm not religious, but I wonder how that applies to this because I think when you view the world as like, oh God, I'm alone unless I'm in a relationship, it's probably very comforting to feel like, no, like I'm part of something larger, yeah. even if I'm not in this relationship. That's what my dog is for. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. Uh, but then ultimately I do think when I, when I've explored deeper down the rabbit hole, when people are like, look, you want to get rid of all addictions, starting with the foundational one of thinking you made, we signed up for this Eckhart Tolle retreat. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think that for your long term is going to be one of the it's better a things. Six day mindfulness retreat, right? Yeah. yeah. Go, I, go be silent and quiet and meditate. Yep. Till it hurts. Yeah. Some sort of meditative practice, including which may, in addition to some sort of therapeutic process, process of letting go of whatever traumas caused you to need to latch on. I think that's going to be what solves it in the long term. So, yeah, it sounds like your strategy, which I would probably green light for most people, is uh, treat the symptoms while creating a long term plan to remove the foundation of addiction, which is an inability to experience discomfort now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, my first, first, I was like, oh yeah, my last breakup with a, my girlfriend of multiple years, I was like, oh, this is painful. What I'll do is just, I'll not date anyone as a girlfriend for multiple years. I'll yeah. just have all these casual relationships. Yeah. But I think there's some part of me that's deeply hypnotized by all the Disney movies I saw mm -hmm. as a kid, by my own parents' very happy marriage, where I still want that life partner, that long-term relationship. And so I was like, oh, I'll just date casually. That's what my front brain says. And yeah. my subconscious was like, find true love, <laughs> be with her forever. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting because with the same person, at one point in February, we did call it off so that she could try to pursue something that was a more traditional marriage or heading towards marriage relationship. Yeah. And I wasn't upset, actually. Mm -hmm. We brought She brought this up. I totally forgot that it even happened. She's like, yeah, you didn't seem to care. You like held me while I cried and you just said it was going to be okay. It was for the best for me. I was like, oh, it was so selfless back then. <laughs> so is that how you feel now? I was like, no, no. not at all. I'm completely threatened and totally selfish. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I don't know what happened. But yeah, that was my plan and it was going well. Yeah. And I was being very 
whatever's best for other people and I'm not hooked and I don't need this. But then sometime between February and October, my brain switched yeah. and put her in the, this person's going to make you happy forever. Yeah. And I think once, once that happens, that's when the trouble starts. When it's like, you're not enjoying this person's company for this week only or for this month only, but you've slotted this person into a, we'll be there when I'm old or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And now, now losing that person means something besides just losing their company. Yeah, they become an insurance policy against future pain. Mm -hmm. Even though, of course, that's absurd. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, but but uh, but the underlying drive is the desire to escape pain, mm -hmm. and which is why I think the underlying solution is to cultivate the habit of entering into whatever is present. So there's a book. It's super new agey, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's called uh, Whatever Arises, Love That. Mm. I'm glad you gave the title, by the way. Common criticism. Yeah. We've mentioned books and it's, not their titles. Well, oftentimes what I do is I mention it the prior week, and I'm like, oh, that book from last week, and I forget that not everybody yeah. is. A... So what's this one called? This one is called Whatever Arises, Love That. Very new, new agey. Doesn't mean that I subscribe to every sentence that yeah. is written in this book, but it is just love, 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 love. And it's one of the principles, and I know you liked the one book that was basically just telling yourself, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, I, love yourself like your life, life depends, depends on, on it. it. Yeah. This, this goes, I would say, a level deeper than this. And it talks about how to handle uh, the things that you hate about yourself. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, yeah, but here's what happens when you say I love you is you get, no, no I don't, or mm -hmm. I hate that thing, or I can't forgive that. or else. And it talks about the complicated nature of things. And it's got an exercise in there where you – say the words to yourself that you wish that you had heard from whoever you wish you heard them from. You just mm. sit there for a minute and a half or two and it affects you. Like if, if you take a deep breath, it will affect you and you allow yourself to say it to yourself. The thesis being that whatever you think you're not getting from the world is what you are withholding from yourself. Mm. And ultimately the key is to cultivate the habit of he, he's, he's got great sentences in there, which is like, you need to give yourself what you think you need from other people that they could never hope to give you. Mm. Um, and I, I do believe that that is true and I'm trying to more frequently get in the habit of recognizing there was another thing and we talked to, sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah, no, there was, uh, cause I told you it was upsetting me. This, this video came out and, and, and it's got a section on, um, not fighting, you know, even when people fight with you, even when things are said about you, even when this, uh, and you think you have to fight, you have to defend yourself. You have to all this. What would happen if you didn't fight? What would happen if you, uh, what would happen inside you if you didn't do this? And they're powerful questions, man. Just like you fight and struggle and defend yourself because there's a, a belief that if things go the wrong way, you will suffer. Mm -hmm. And when you can get to the point where you go, oh, I don't need to fight, what that underlyingly asserts is that nothing can happen that can harm me. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to stay in, but I certainly notice for the moment that it's it's a powerful tool. And sounds I sounds like a good book. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm reading it slowly so I, that I that I do more of the exercises. But mm. I think that's what I want to live in. Is like is a true state of equanimity, which is when you hear these Zen masters. Oh, you know, guess they they tell the story. He got a horse. Is it a good thing? Yeah, yeah. we'll see. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, he fell off a horse, broke his leg. It's so bad. We'll see. Okay, he didn't get drafted in the army. You know, we'll see. Is, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, to not view things as good or bad, but to be present, I think is the, is weirdly enough, I shouldn't say this, is the goal, but 
There is no goal. <laughs> there's no goal, but if you had a goal. If you had a goal. If there was a future, which there's not, because yeah. I'm enlightened, <laughs> but hypothetically, if I thought about the future. Well, he talks about this. He talks about spiritual self-flagellation. And he's like, listen, many people make presence the goal, which is not the point. <laughs> you know, like there is no point. And it's and he and he gives you practical ways to think about that paradox of trying mm. to be present, which is in and of itself, it's the Chinese trap. The harder you try to be present, the less you can yeah. be present. So I think you'll like it. Check it out. Cool. I'll check it out. What else we got? Is that it for you? That is it for me. We got a lot of fan questions though. Or Angel, some, what's and up? And some current events. We have, well, we have a couple current events, but one of them, you guys already talked about Facebook. I don't know if you have any more things to say about it, but I have here that uh, they're banning ads from, that discourage people to vote, but they're not, uh, banning the spread of false information by politicians. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys have anything else to say about that. No, I think we killed that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for, unfortunately, having a place in the world, meaning the entire world, where people can be wrong and betting and praying that, that truth will win out mm -hmm. in the long run, as opposed to having an arbiter of truth that is elected or otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I don't think that's a good way to go. So we'll see. Well, the other thing that I have is that uh, there is another thing on the list of things banned in China, and that is PewDiePie. Uh, <laughs> yes, he was banned. He made a video about it, joking about it. Um, he was banned for making another video uh, where he shared Hong Kong memes, like free Hong Kong memes, and also one comparing China's president to Winnie the Pooh, which is a very sensitive issue for the Chinese government. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys had an opinion on that. Well, funny enough, he probably has the most emotional freedom from it in the sense that YouTube's not in China. Uh -huh. So I doubt that this really affected his money or his fan base. Yeah. So I think he's in an interesting position relative to the NBA, let's say, where he can just be, he's like, oh, I'm already banned from China because YouTube's banned YouTube's from China. YouTube's banned in China. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think with uh, the China stuff is so interesting. I'd love to talk. I wonder how tenable this is as a long-term strategy for a government in a world where the internet and dissemination of information and as their population gets wealthier, travel becomes because mm -hmm. what do you do okay somebody who is a diehard chinese nationalist goes and studies abroad and they spend four years in any other country with with easy access to the internet and then they come back i i don't know how long and it's it's a fascinating case study in constricting information how yeah. long that can well work. north korea does it because they don't allow travel right well, well that's the other thing north korea has to put a much harder uh fence around things yeah i wonder what people who were born in north korea i'm sure there are people who have escaped and can tell you like what do they think the rest of the world looks like oh there's plenty of books on this i mean there's there's an entire section and they're all bestsellers because the stories are insane i actually didn't i was just looking i was like wow there's so many my escape from north korea type books uh and the stories are you know then i was human trafficked and then i was here it's it's brutal yeah. to get out but that's not the case with china there's People do come mm -hmm. in and out, not not perfectly easily, but much more easily. So I wonder how how solid of a long term strategy going. Oh, that doesn't exist can yeah, yeah. be when you're allowing. Well, it's a two pronged strategy. It's saying that doesn't exist while also accumulating all of the world's wealth. Yes. <laughs> so but not really. I mean, they're still not the the richest country. No, in no. The world. I'm just saying it's not, that's not their only plan. Yeah. Right. They're obviously trying to take over the world economically as well. Mm -hmm. So there could be a point where it's. It's like, okay, yeah, you can know the truth. It's that we own all of America's debt, and therefore we own America. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and until we default, we go, hee hee. <laughs> Sorry. And then there's a war, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know too much about, yeah, the PewDiePie China thing. That's just my, my two cents. What else? Uh, do you want to go to questions? Yeah, sure. let's do it. 
Oh, no call-in today, right? No. So, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, when you submit your question, please include... Do so in your, the description, number one. Yeah, one, people. I saw people asking, how do I get a call-in question? So it's in the description. And then two, uh, double-check your phone number because we had an 11 or 12-digit phone number today that we couldn't call. And we well, wanted to. We picked the question. But yeah, so when you submit, just check your phone number. There's a little bit of systems thinking for you. Maybe we should add a double confirm. Just another slot. There you go. That's a smart. phone number. Because if it happens once, it's going to yeah, happen yeah, yeah. again. Angel, will you do that? Will you make it so uh, the submission form asks for the phone number twice and they can't submit it unless the phone numbers match? I'm going to see if that's possible. I don't know if that, like a like the password thing we have to do twice. Yeah. If not, um, so I'll try that. If not, I'll do maybe email or some sort of secondary form. Even of if you don't have to make a match, the simple act of having to write it twice will probably give us one of the, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. correct ones. And that you can definitely do. Yeah, that so, I yeah, so no call in today. No call but in today. We got some written questions. And for that person that asked a question about morality, uh, we were interested in your question. So resubmit with their correct phone number. <laughs> um, All right, what we got? So from the YouTube comments, we have a question from Nun again. Nun. Nun is very active. Nonay. Nonay uh, asks, uh, what do you do if you don't like some people at work? Uh, they gossip. They're, on it, they're not honest. They're fake. Uh, but you can't avoid them, and you still have to see them and interact with them almost every day. And you can't force yourself to look pleased or happy around them, but don't want to appear obnoxious at the same time. I was told to say nice regardless and do nice things to them, but I feel like I'm doing a disservice to my values. Hmm. I'd find a job where you don't hate your coworkers. <laughs> Seriously. I, I mean, I know it's hard. I know it's, there's some uncertainty. It's scary. But I would try to find... There's people who go to work every day because they love their coworkers. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a real problem and you feel... Like you don't look forward to going to the office, I would say, can you find the same pay or even take a pay cut to improve your quality of life by working somewhere else? Yeah, and I think that's certainly the long-term strategy, medium-term strategy is, as you're saying, you're facing, I don't feel a way, I got to put on a happy face, and that's going to eat at you. And I felt that way about putting on a suit when I was going to work. I was mm -hmm. like, this is so false and fake, and and the simple act of pretending that I cared about what everyone was talking about made me feel that way too. Yeah, I do. Two things I will say, because I do think this is important, is when you repress an emotion, it just stays there and then leaks out somewhere else. And yeah. it's not good for you. And it's not good for your emotional or physical health. And also when you lie, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem is a book that we really believe is helpful. And it tells you when you lie, it eats at your self-esteem. So mm -hmm. I would say staying in this place and biting your tongue every single day it's going to teach you to bite your tongue and it's going to give you a bunch of negative emotions that just fester in you and result in physical sickness or you taking out your negativity on someone who doesn't deserve it so yeah i would definitely not just put on a smiling face while you're unhappy so here's here's some practical solutions and i'll let you decide which is most appropriate one is to i don't know who these people are but to speak with them candidly about this because this is this is an alternative you don't have to put on a fake happy face you can Hey man, could I could I chat with you alone? You know, not in front of. Uh, I wanted to tell you something. You can read Radical Honesty for approaches on how to do this. Like uh, the way that I would do it is, it's not easy to say. You're 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 preambling in a way that opens them up, makes them receptive, but also expresses that this is uncomfortable mm -hmm. for you. Uh, but and then go specific. But when you did X, mm -hmm. when you said this about this, it made me. If when you then I felt like you were gossiping yeah. and it made me uncomfortable talking to you even in situations outside of that so i wanted to tell you for t and then you say i want to tell you for two reasons one 
I would appreciate if, if you didn't do that thing anymore and you can ask for a specific behavioral change. Don't say, don't be a jerk. Don't say, like, mm-hmm. say, you know, don't talk about people behind their back. If I'm there, I guess you might have to do it behind my back as well. Yeah. Uh, but second, I wanted to tell you, and this is another important part of it, because I value our relationship and I want to remain uh, friends or, or comfortable and uh, at least collegiate with you. Uh, and I didn't want this to fester inside of me and wind up with me treating you unkindly as a result of not having told you. And I know that's uncomfortable to hear, but I wanted to tell you because I respect you. And, you know, that that's that adds context that I think softens the blow sure. a bit. So that's one option. Can I hop in? Because there's yeah. something you did that I want to make explicit. I think a lot of people, when they go into these conversations, they accidentally label mm-hmm. to say when you gossip right? Which is a vague thing. Who's to define gossip? Or they say when you're rude, which is now you're telling this person they're rude, they can fight back or push back on those terms, right? Mm. But if you just use very specific facts, like irrefutable facts and your own feelings, it'll help move the conversation to a, a useful place. Yeah. So rather than saying when you gossip or when you're rude, when you yesterday, when you said mm-hmm. this about this person, mm-hmm it made me feel blank. Yep. And that is going to make it a much more constructive conversation. Versus if you say, when you were disrespectful to Charlie behind his back, the person's going to go, I wasn't disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And now you have to battle about whether or not what they said is disrespectful. So a, a good way to have these conversations be constructive is to the best of your ability, limit it to irrefutable facts and your own feelings, which are also irrefutable. Mm-hmm. So that's one option is to is to go in with the the candid thing. And the other, if you don't think it's appropriate for whatever reason, I, I would suggest that might be. But a completely viable option is to recognize that you're going to have relationships with people in your life that because of the context don't allow for full transparency. So uh, just one example of this is if someone is on their deathbed and you found out that their husband or wife was cheating on them, you you probably don't tell them because it's like the context of this is there are more important things right now. Uh, so I don't know how much you're forced to be together, but it is totally normal to have people with whom you have only particular styles of interaction. How was your weekend? What TV show do you like? Okay, bye. And so you can cut out the portions of this that you don't want to be part of by removing yourself when they start to gossip going back to work doing these things yeah leaving the conversation is a totally viable option if you don't want to quit your job if you're like i love what i do but it's just these people leaving is a a Mm -hmm. totally great option i just think staying there and nodding along while you die inside that's the thing you want to avoid and 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 trying to be like okay what would it take for me to enjoy my time with this person what kind of time would we have to have and what kind of time would I have to remove myself for such that you create a scenario where you can look forward to seeing them because you know that you're going to talk about the ball game or whatever it was that mm-hmm. happened the thing before. And as soon as the other thing comes up, it's back to work. And you recognize that that is a flaw in them that you don't need to get riled up and judgmental because guess what? If you're going to try to hold everyone accountable for the worst thing that they do, there's not going to be many people left for you to mm-hmm. to be close to. Uh, so... I think that uh, I think that that could help as as well as just going. Okay, I'm going to try to draw this relationship within a certain boundary set. Yeah, We're, we talk about golf. Yep. As soon as it switches to office politics, I just bounce back to my computer. Yep. Yep. So good luck. I hope that helps. What else? Uh, Patrick asks, "How do you two practice actively living slash being in the present reality?" Listening to the podcast, I hear you guys talk about free will. Compound this with the other psychology I've learned. I've recently become discouraged and confused about my own reality. 
For instance, when I'm sad, am I sad because of my present reality, a rumination, a psychological trigger, a habitual sadness, a pathological sadness? <laughs> Is this even really sadness? And then a step further, when I somehow relieved the feeling, was that really my own willpower that overcame it or something subconscious that I'm not aware of? Given that you two have differing views of free will, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. For context, I'm 21 and my family has a history of mental disorder, which is partly why it troubles me. Got it. So I, I think that, that people are far bigger than they think. What we identify with is often the thoughts in our head, and we think that we are the creators of, or at least the arbiter of, this thought versus this thought, and I don't subscribe to that belief. I've talked about free will in the past. I won't belabor it right now. Uh but why do you feel the way you do? I've been shocked. I mean, I, I've had days where I was like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was just not feeling confident or courageous. And you know, I've, I've gone the entire day until the evening. And I realized that I had a pimple on my chin. And I saw that pimple first thing in the morning. And it made me shrink from everything in the day because I wow. didn't want to, you know, you know, like, sure. like, and I go, wow, I saw it. I registered it. I remember having that thought and having it kind of just bubble away. And then for the rest of the day. But you didn't know that's why you felt that way. I didn't know. Yeah. I was just in a mood where I didn't really want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I was just only this side of my face without being cognizant of it. Yeah. And I think if you pay attention to your life, you'll find that what you think are the reasons for you feeling certain ways are sometimes right. But other times they, they there's this you know, childhood melancholy, or yeah. there's a pimple melancholy. A lot of people, their dreams. Their dreams. Uh, my sister has a hilarious story. Our friend called her and she said, hey, I had a dream where uh, you slept with my boyfriend. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to be a total bitch to you for the rest of the day, probably. <laughs> so you might just want to avoid me until I calm down. Okay, you know, it wasn't me, right? She goes, yeah, yeah I know, but I just want to murder you. All right. And that's at least you're self-aware enough. Yeah. And, and I think we might look at that person and go, wow, they're crazy. And really, what they are is a step above most people. Self-aware. That recognizes the very limited domain of conscious power hmm. and control and even awareness. Uh, so why are you sad in any moment? Well, I can't tell you. And it might, on occasion, be you might have all the, the accurate triggers. But, uh, you know, certainly the same sequence of events could happen to whatever gandhi or to yeah. somebody else and create a very different result so okay that's going to be the sequence of events that happened plus your past and and how you relate to it yeah it, there was a lot in the question i appreciate the question mm -hmm. though one thing it said if i'm sad is it because i'm not being present i do think most sadness is a symptom of not being present mm -hmm. because if you are sad because you had a breakup or you are sad because of something that happened at work or you are sad. It's very infrequent that you're sad because while I sit here on this couch with the dog on my lap and I look at Charlie, something in this moment is making me sad. It's normally a future projection. Even if it's happening now, it's what does this mean for my future? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think oftentimes sadness has to be a lack of being present. Sure. And, and, and so does excitement. So does thrill. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the emotions that we like and move towards are you can only achieve when you are when you are not present. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I've tried. I'll tell you this. I, I've tried presence as the answer. And I think presence is the ultimate answer. But it's kind of like a kindergartner. And I'm the kindergartner trying to understand calculus yeah. when I try to be present. And so what I recognize is I'm going to have to go to first grade. I'm going to have to learn plus minus. I'm going to have to do all that stuff. And for no, me, yeah, state breaks, you have to, you, you start with state breaks and mm -hmm. incantations. You start with you know, oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm going to put on happy music 
I'm going to do a bunch of jumping jacks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ecstatic dance for 60 seconds. Yeah. And I bet that will change my mood. I'm going to hit a punching bag. I'm going to yeah. scream. I'm going to play a video game. Yeah, no, I'm, going I'm not to saying, dude, I'm not the ultimate. I'm going to eat junk food. I'm going to, <laughs> no. right? That, one thing, though, if you are sad, I really do think state breaks are incredible because a lot of times, to Charles' point, it is this something's occurring and you don't know what and you don't know why you're sad, but you can't get out of it by thinking your way out of it. And so I would say stop trying to think your way out of it. Put on music that makes you really happy. Not Nothing that's about depressing stuff. Put on something that makes you want to dance and then close your eyes and dance like a complete idiot for 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's about how long it takes to kind of break you out of the funk. And by the way, you won't want to do this if you're really sad or if yeah. you're depressed. This is the thing with depression is you don't want to do the things you know will make you feel better. You'd rather lay around and feel bad. So I, mm -hmm. I get that this advice is simple but not easy to execute. But yeah, that's funny enough. I've had that change my entire day mm -hmm. where I've felt down and then I put on stupid song for two minutes and I dance alone in my apartment. I go, oh, I can have a day now. Sure. I can have a good day now. Whereas before I was melancholy. Yeah. And and the, the last thing is I actually I do think thinking is uh, gets demonized uh, oftentimes in in present it, the people who, who advocate presence and i think there's thinking is wonderful and asking yourself these questions is great what i would say is in addition to all of what ben said and i said is to run tests and go mm -hmm. okay i hypothesize that my sadness is a result of the things that happened today so in order to test that i'm going to do what ben said i'm going to just run around for 60 seconds 90 seconds take a run and see if that changes it and if that changes not it, a run an ecstatic an ecstatic dance. dance ecstatic dance pardon me and if that changes it, well, then maybe it wasn't the events. Maybe it was the events plus my physiological state. Mm -hmm. And you can you can run internal tests to try to get the answer and, and come at it from a personal scientist. I think with all of uh, any advice someone gives around emotional mastery, it needs to be tested because there isn't a one-size-fits-all that's mm -hmm. going to work for everybody. So, like, take it and try it and work for you. Unfortunately, no one can give you the perfect playbook for you what we can offer are some very good suggestions yeah. also I'm gonna be a total hypocrite here yeah because i don't do this but it's okay to be sad yeah you know i don't know why but i'm incapable of accepting that belief <laughs> but i do know it's true it's Read something i'm working on whatever arises love that <laughs> and so yeah i think like just because you're sad doesn't mean that you're broken doesn't mean you're depressed it's okay to be sad about things you mm -hmm. know i think if you find it's you you're wallowing or you've done it to the point where you're ready to move on then take this advice but you don't if you get sad for a second, don't think of yourself as an emotional failure. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just life. Yeah. Cool. Hope that helps. What else? Last question we have this week uh, comes from uh, Pavel. Have you guys ever tried practicing thinking about death? You can find that it has many benefits. For example, in famous Steve's job speech at Stanford University. What's your opinion about it? So I have not, but I thought this, I specifically flagged this because I thought it was an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I do not spend a lot of time ruminating on death. Yeah. Do you? I spent some, some. I normally, at, when chapters in my life end, when we're moving from one city to another, I think of this is a little death, and then I think of the big death. I often think of the end of things that I like, relationships being one of them. And I know that the Stoics advise contemplating your own death. So I do it somewhat. What would I say? Uh, it does, it's a helpful perspective thing. I don't, for better or worse, think of it all the time. Though I do often appreciate that when I get it, you know, I'll make a phone call to my mom or something like that. And, you know, what what I find that it, that it creates in me, which I don't think is the best, is and I know a, a lot of motivational videos play on this, which is 
they trigger your fear of losing someone you love in a horrific accident. You know, anyone can be, and it's true. Anyone can be taken at any time. Mm -hmm. And then almost as regret minimization and fear, you reflexively reach out and tell them I love you, which is a good behavior. But I, I paid attention the last time I watched, it was actually a Jay Shetty video. And mm -hmm. his videos are very good at, yeah, making you well up and, and, oh God, I haven't told that person. But it made me realize that what drives me to do this a lot of the time is fear of regret mm -hmm. of, of not doing it and not just a spontaneous internal uh, comfort with it. So I think it's it's a good intermediate step to allow this death to drive you. But yeah. ultimately, like I think where I would like to get to is uh, is is not having to think of death yeah. is, is, a, is a greater presence. On the rare occasions where I do think of death, I it, al it always makes me nihilist. Yeah. Whenever I think of my own death, I just go, yeah, nothing really matters. <laughs> like, uh, this is the big landmark takeaway, too. It was just, it's just like you, all this fuss. Yeah. All this fuss. And you're just going to die. <laughs> so maybe fuss less. Yeah. You know, that's that's really my super simplistic reaction whenever I do think, oh, I could die tomorrow. Or even I could die in 70 years. Yeah. It's like, okay, in 71 years, then this won't be something you fuss about. So yeah. maybe just chill. Yeah. Which, which is, I think, why people advise that practice. Yeah. You like this? Great time. This is great podcast. I don't even, she's not on the camera. She's people yanking can, the leash for those of you who can't see what Ben just holds see it. My, people just, well, we're not, she's not even wearing the leash. She's just using the leash as a toy. Yeah, as a, uh, but for the watchers, it just looks like I have a small seizure in my shoulder. As she kind of like pulls it. She's done much better than an episode, the first episode we had her. Yeah, she's twice the size. She's doing much better. I'll bring my dog on next time. Yeah, that'll be, that would be awesome. That'll be chaos. He is he's a a bit too much, but anyway, I think that's it. Yeah, Wind that's down. all I got. If you guys want one request for those of you who have made it to the end, thank you. I know we often get comments about this. I was pleasantly surprised. We we had a two and a half hour podcast last time, mm -hmm. just because I guess we had a, a, lot, a lot to say. Let us know what parts you like. I was surprised that people. I was like, this is too long, but I was pleasantly surprised that people liked it, though I couldn't identify what people liked about it. And I'm not, I'm still new to this medium. Yeah. When we released it, we thought, oh man, this is, people are going to get bored. And people, some yeah. people said it was the best episode we've had. Yes. So we want to, we want to talk, we talk all the time, Charlie and I talk for hours <laughs> every day. We want this conversation to be something that you guys enjoy. So it's helpful if you let us know what parts you like the most, what other topics you'd want to hear us talk yeah. about. Trust me, because that's the thing. Ben and I will probably have two and a half more hours of conversation today. Yeah. <laughs> and I promise you, you won't want to hear all of it, but we could bring in things that, that we're not sure that you sure. have enjoyed in the past. So let us know specifically what what moments or what topics, and we can hopefully do more of them. So Good idea. Thank you, my friends. We'll talk to you all soon. All right, we have love a wonderful you. wonderful day. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.